Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast, brought to you by Rocket Agency. I'm your host, James Lawrence. So welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast. Today, I am very happy to be joined by my much, 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 much older brother, David. <laughs> David, on the, on, the, um, on the back of the rampant success of our first pod together, we're going in for our second. Um, so today, we want to dig into the topic of what percentage of a company's revenue should be spent on marketing and trying not to come at it from a, a self-serving where marketers, we're an agency, you know, spend as much as you can, but just a mature discussion about, um, I guess, what we see our best clients doing, how to balance running a business versus running a marketing department um, and what is an appropriate amount of money to spend on marketing. So Dave, welcome back to the pod. Thank you. It's great to be here again. Is it true that we broke the internet in our last episode? <laughs> yep. Mum, mum and dad have been listening <laughs> <laughs> incessantly on, on to our first pod. Um, so I think first of all, it'd be good to We've both, I guess, done some research coming into the pod and we do have some numbers in, you know, these industries, a certain percentage are in B2B versus B2C. But I think the, the kind of most interesting thing to start off with is what expenses are we talking about when we talk about what percentage of your revenue should go into marketing? So, I mean, what would you say is kind of reasonable there? Yeah, this, this is interesting. I was, well, and I guess you're going to share your research in a second, but I was really blown away by your research. For me, it's pretty simple for our own marketing. And I think for the marketing for our clients is that your marketing budget is the money you spend on headcount that's a portion of the marketing act of the business, plus, of course, any money that you're spending on your media to run your campaigns, print material that's being used on the marketing side of the business. And, of course, there's this gray area that makes it a bit hard, some activities, sort of marketing, sort of sales, particularly if you're doing account-based marketing or something like that, it can become quite gray. But but for me, it's, yeah, it's it's working out the absolute or the pro-rided um, people and expenses that are going towards marketing the business. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we um, one of the pieces that I was reading was looking through publicly available annual reports of big listed companies in the states, and um, they all account for things slightly differently, as you'd expect. A lot of them have um, amalgamated sales and marketing budgets. They have weird kind of line items around admin and administration, and or kind of one of the stats that that I, that I thought was interesting was less than half of the companies in this particular study included expenses for marketing employees in their marketing budgets. Um, often companies would put marketing employee expenses into general and admin expenses, sales, other areas. Yeah. Um, so I think it is just important to make sure that you're kind of putting in expenses that are genuinely marketing. I get that depending on your structure and setup of particular businesses, um, it's going to be hard to totally get it right. But you know, I think as long as we're talking from the same kind of baseline. Yeah, that's it. I think it's kind of accounting trickery, isn't it? If, if you decided to employ a paid search specialist in-house um, and as such you weren't going to include them in your marketing budget, but had you made the decision to outsource that work to an agency, then it would be in your marketing budget. That doesn't make any sense. You know? Yeah, that's it. I think it's total cost of an employee, all expenses connected to that because yeah. it's the same you're going to be paying on the other side and um, that would that would make sense to me. Um, in terms of the, the topic itself, I think um, why are we talking a percentage rather than an actual dollar figure when it comes to what percentage of your revenue should go into marketing? Yeah. So for me, marketing um, it's very much the avenue, the, sorry, the engine that drives your future revenue, future sales, future leads. Um, as you become a larger organization, the number of, of leads or sales, actual revenue that you're going to need simply grow. So if you were to do a set number, um, 
what worked for you as a as a ten million dollar business isn't going to work so well for you as a hundred million dollar business. Um, a percentage just makes it easier. Um, it means it scales, and I think as the business does scale, you're going to find ledges, right? You're going to find some bits where you haven't ramped up your headcount in marketing or your agency environment, so probably your marketing spend as a percentage does drop a little bit. But I find typically companies feel that they suddenly feel that the the, the amount of revenue they need simply can't be driven. Um, on the marketing engine they built themselves a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. So then you have to ramp up and sort of almost compensate for that change. But yeah, a percentage makes sense um, because business sizes change. Yeah, totally. And if you're growing, it's just natural that that, that number moves, right? What, um, and I, I mean, this might be a, an obvious question, but like, why does the size of marketing spend matter? Size of marketing spend matters because it's, it's going to influence the sort of company you have in the future. And it's a little bit, um, a little bit of, is, is what I referred to before about it being the engine of your future revenue. But it gets even more subtle than that, where let's say you're under investing in marketing relative to your competition and for the business goals you have, then not only will you be introducing fewer people to your business, but the fact that you've introduced your people means that when your sales team go out to sell a product, if it's being sold in that way, um, or when your website's doing the work and, and, and selling a product or selling a service, you're going to have to be pretty price competitive because you have so few opportunities to make a sale. You've got to make every, everyone a winner. Um, and that has massive implications on a business. So if you decide to go down that path of not having many opportunities and you therefore have to price in a really competitive way, you're going to have a a business that has relatively low margins and all the things that go along with that kind of business. Whereas if you over-generate your opportunities, this is whether you're a service business or a product business, whether you're B2B or B2C, it doesn't really matter. If you over-generate opportunities, you get to specialise. You can say, well, we're only going to take on work that fits this particular criteria. Or you can say, we're going to take on all kinds of work, but we're only going to take on work where the margin's fantastic. Yeah. You've got a company that's really comfortable and profitable. Um, or you can aggressively go into spaces that are really hard, really competitive spaces may not be in. If you can get your marketing engine really flying, you have a bit of a head start in some of those ultra competitive type areas. So, um, so that's why um, that's why what you actually invest in marketing matters. And anyone that's ever worked in a company that's underinvested in marketing or did poor marketing knows what that feels like. Yeah, Scraping around for the next sale. That's it. I had a, um, a mutual friend of ours in the pod last week, Ashton, and. He's um, one of the leading kind of marketing strategists in Australia and he was making that point that there is a very strong correlation between an overinvestment sensibly in marketing and margin, which is kind of an, like it's a kind of a, the way you framed it makes total sense, but it is an interesting connection, right? Invest yeah. in marketing aggressively compared to the competition and charge a price premium, underinvest and you're kind of taking on everything you can possibly get. Yeah, that's it. And I, and I think often this conversation about marketing budget and percentage it comes from from one of two places. It comes from a marketer who wants to make sure that they're spending the right amount of money. Or typically, if you're the head of marketing, you're going to probably spend a bit more money on marketing. So you're looking to see if your business is currently under-investing as a percentage. And, um, and, and the C-suite tend to love a good number or a percentage, and so it feels like a great way to pitch the, the request to, in, to increase investment. But it also often happens the other way, which is you've got someone in the C-suite who's looking to save money and the reality is that there are people that, that see marketing as an expense to be cut, no different to cleaning or power or, or, or IT supplies. Yep. And they want to cut it, particularly when times get tough. 
Um, and so you do get that genuine tension between people that understand that big money they invest in quality marketing today literally is the connection with the future comfort of their business versus those that don't. Um, so it's an interesting conversation that, yeah, get people looking for the percentage to argue it's too high or it's too low. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we did a lot of research when COVID hit and going back through um, tough economic trading periods, not just in Australia, but America and Europe going back to the 20s and um the objective research and the objective data showed that businesses that continued to invest in marketing when times were tough would come out a hell of a lot stronger than those that didn't. And we saw that. We saw that um, budgets in 2021 as a percentage of revenue dropped for marketing departments and some of the data will go through shortly. And I think we'll find once again that the businesses that stayed the course and were willing to invest in the future will find that they then come out of those periods much more strongly um, yeah. when you could. And there were certainly businesses so impacted by COVID that it made no sense but to batten down the hatches but for businesses that could keep trading um yeah. often cutting your marketing or halving it or whatever it might be is pretty pretty short-sighted what i wanted to discuss was um because we're going to jump into percentages on b2b versus b2c in different industries and big companies and small but whether it's five percent 10 15 20 in a particular industry um, or segment when is a standard range not necessarily a good guide for a particular business yeah that's a good question a standard range um, is only a good guide if you're a standard company and you've got standard competition and things have been pretty stable. Yeah. Um, there, there aren't too many areas of marketing or business where you can sort of you know, colour by numbers kind of stuff. So the, the standouts, though, are, let's say you're a business um, that's in a highly competitive field. So, so let's say you're spending 10% on your marketing, but your competitors are spending 20%. Um, Sadly, you don't really get to make that decision about 10% anymore. If you want to actually get your share of market, you're going to have to start matching that. Yeah. So ignore the standards if your direct competitors are playing differently. If you're wanting to be a fast growth company, um, then you will have to spend more than you would be. It's pretty common sense, right? You have to spend more than you would if you were simply wanting to be business as usual yourself. Yeah. Um, for that reason, we see startups always have to spend more than that. Um, in good marketing, um, sadly, is probably more important than good product when it comes to startup territory. Yep. Um, there's so many books written on that very topic. You have to get the word out there and you have to get it out there with the right message. So if you're a startup, you've got to invest really heavily. Similarly, if you're a stable business but you're about to make a change, you introduce new products or services or you want to grow market share, um, you're going to have to spend more money. It's as simple as that to achieve those things. Otherwise, you'll find that you take that pivot and nothing happens or things don't happen as quickly as you want. So increasing your marketing spend kind of buys you into that future situation a whole bunch quicker. That, um, that, yeah, that's it. I kind of feel that we've seen that Silicon Valley kind of model where it is don't worry about the revenue, worry about the growth and the users and whatever the numbers in a particular business are. And the idea that those businesses would be sticking to these types of percentages is just not reality. Um, yeah, to your point, I think we're talking about businesses that um, are mature, are in an industry that's kind of doing its thing and you're just kind of yep. looking for steady growth, not revolutionary growth. Um, yeah, but the numbers the numbers we've got here are averages. So, you know, let's say there's a, an industry where the average is 12%. Um, I guarantee there's going to be some companies spending a whole lot less than that and I guarantee there's going to be some companies spending a whole lot more than that. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess the other factor that influences whether you're going to be at the, in the range or not is the quality of your marketing. So if your marketing is poor, um, and yeah, you could be spending two or three times more than everyone else in the industry for the same or, or even less results. So, um, as always, marketing is highly competitive and, and challenging, and getting your marketing right is priceless when it comes to determining what percentage you should yeah. be spending. 
And I think the um, I think the natural inclination, like a lot of the tension, I think that we see between marketing teams and um, you know CEO type level or board level, is that they kind of want both. It's like mm. well, ten percent's the, the the rule of um, thumb in a particular industry. So let's put five percent towards it, and you guys just do a two hundred percent better job than the competition. And I don't think that's how it works. I think it's spend what you got to spend and just do it really really well to get your growth. Yeah. So For sure. cool. Let's unpack the industries. Um, Maybe we start talking just some some stats that we found um, in reference to an article that will connect with the notes. Um, I think the first is just across all businesses. What do we see generally as a rule of thumb in terms of spend of revenue into marketing? Yeah, I mean, as with all things with economists, it's hard to get consensus, but but around that sort of ten to twelve or thirteen percent seems to be considered standard. So yeah. that's the percentage of your overall revenue you're spending on marketing in that standard range. Yeah. So your ten million dollar business spending a million bucks a year on marketing. That's right. One point yeah, that's right. One, one point two, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um and then generally speaking, B to B versus B to C, what are we seeing? So again, it's gonna depend heavily on um, on the type of business. There's also a distinction between whether it's a product business or a service business. Yep. So B2B product um, often is spending more around that sort of ten percent mark. Um, whereas if we're looking at uh, B2B service, these studies are showing that it's more around a 15% type mark. Yep. And similarly, if you're B2C product, um, they came in highest in some of these surveys, above 18% yep. of their spend, whereas B2C service was more around that 10% kind of mark. So interestingly, and you never know whether there's a, a, a variable uh, because of simply the survey that's been done and who's been in it, but, but in the analysis that we saw, you're actually seeing B2B product and B2B um, so B2B product and B2C service were both around 10%. So B2B sort of a swap, whether it was product or service. So yep. a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I pulled some data, which we'll attach to the pod, um, where you kind of consumer packaged goods, kind of much at the higher end of the scale, 24%, which kind of makes sense. Consumer services, 15%. Tech software, 15%. Um, so they're kind of at the upper upper end and then you kind of look at the very bottom end you're looking at energy four percent manufacturing eight percent transportation eight percent so i kind of feel that this data useful for business owners c-suite useful for cmos marketing departments because it just adds some objectivity to it right are we b2b are we b2c are we in tech are we in professional services are we in a kind of state segment that doesn't really need marketing but it's pretty clear you're spending generally around 10 and then you might be down to five, you might be up to 20, and then there's some outliers either side. But if you're not in those ranges, then you're probably under-investing in marketing. Um, yeah, that's it. And I, I think sometimes these these big variations that you see in the ranges, a lot of it comes down to the audience that you're trying to market to. So if you've got a really large audience, you're going to be spending a lot of money on awareness, um, and that can be, as, as we know, um, incredibly expensive. And digital obviously can make that a bit more measurable and a bit more effective, but it can still be quite effective. Whereas if you have a relatively small audience, um, then suddenly your sales team can often be quite heavily involved in that awareness piece because yeah. you might only have a known market of 250 contacts. If you're dealing with enterprise corporations, you may not be doing any general um, large-scale marketing at all. It can be very, very um, sort of focused on the actual targets that you need to deal with. Yeah. That's it. We pulled some numbers from some kind of, I guess, some household names and it's kind of fascinating. You, um, and these are sales and marketing budgets, so we probably don't have total clarity as to what sits where. 
Google spending 12% in sales and marketing activity, Apple spending 6%, which is, I think is kind of probably lower than I would have expected. Um, one that's interesting, like just fascinating is Salesforce spending 46% of revenue goes into sales and marketing activity. Um, Microsoft, and they're growing fast as well. Uh, Microsoft 16%, Oracle 22%. So you kind of see there your, your tech businesses that need to get a message out there um, spending pretty heavily. Google, which probably hasn't done much above the line stuff until more recently, particularly in Australia, um, still spending 12% um, where their actual sales operations you'd think are pretty minor compared to the spend on marketing. Um, it's that, they're really interesting numbers. I think um, you'd always have a question how these different corporations account for things and how trans, transparent they are. But but I suspect that um, churn is a really interesting thing here. So if you've got a company like Apple that's invested so heavily in their brand and in differentiating their products um, from their competitors' products, I think they retain their, their customers well. Um, they charge a hefty premium on their products um, and their marketing is to sort of enforce that brand, but they're not necessarily on a heavy customer acquisition kind of path in their marketing, whereas Salesforce is operating in an incredibly competitive space where the number of, of CRM platforms that have come up in the last five years is just staggering. Um, I would imagine uh, Salesforce have an incredible churn rate uh, with their clients and they're constantly trying to also, of course, take clients off their competitors. It must be an expensive space to be playing in this yeah, that's it. And I guess you get scale, right? Like they've been around for a long time and they mm -hmm. have the scale now where to add each user onto the platform doesn't kind of have that incremental cost that, um, that, that it once would. Yeah. Um, in terms of... Um, the, the next area I kind of wanted to, to dig into just around increasing, decreasing marketing budgets. Like how can you do it easily, quickly, short-term versus long-term, kind of your perspective on that? Yeah, so I guess there's some things that scale really nicely. So media spend tends to scale pretty nicely. It's, you know, you can put your assets together for your, for your campaigns and, and scale up the amount of media you invest in it. Um, it can be quite effective depending on how you've structured things. People can be a whole lot harder. Um, Obviously, there's there's the constant, and I know you've got episodes on this, there's that constant discussion between whether you want to in-house something or, or, or outsource things to an agency. Um, if you're keeping positions in-house and trying to grow, that can be quite challenging, particularly in the current market where it's really tough to get your hands on, on good marketers. So agencies um, can, can provide an easy way to scale. So we certainly have clients who have come on board with us quite openly saying, we intend to bring this in-house in a year or two years' time, but we're going to make sure we set it up properly and get um, good eyes on it to start with. Uh, <clears throat> and sometimes those relationships do go that way and they end up bringing it back in-house, but quite often they really love that flexibility of being able to alter their spend uh, in different quarters or, or different years, depending on what they need with us, without having to worry about the recruitment kind of headache. Yeah. Uh, and other times it does go completely in-house. It's, it's, it's sort of horses for courses, but, but I think that's the plan. I think you've got to look at, what you want marketing to achieve over a certain time frame and then look at the levers you've got to play with and some of those will go up and down very quickly and some of them won't you've got to really plan them yeah and if you're um you're an in-house marketer listening to the pod who feels that the marketing budgets you've been given just aren't enough based on the industry you're in based on whether it's a fast-growing business or it's in a space where businesses are spending 15 percent typically and you're only spending five or ten um, how any tips, tricks, insights into how you would try to mount those arguments internally to open up more budget? Yeah, absolutely. So if your competitors are publicly listed companies, um, you can get involved in the extraordinarily fun uh, research <laughs> downloading annual reports. Yep. 
um, and, and they'll be publishing a fair bit of data um, that'll help you get a feel for it. Most people don't have that luxury. They're competing against privately held companies where that data is not available. But there's some great insight tools available. Um, we use SEMrush um, for all of our campaigns. All our specialists are on SEMrush all the time. And they've got some tools that estimate um, the value of um, paid media campaigns, but they can also estimate the value of the organic campaigns that are being run as well if they were yeah. paid campaigns. There's other special uh, specialist platforms that look into that. Now, they're all using external data sources. People aren't handing out and Facebook aren't handing out um, their revenue details, but they're using amounts of traffic and number of times that ads are showing all that kind of stuff. So that can be a brilliant insight. Um, you can also just get a feel by doing things like going into Facebook if you're competing in that space and having a look at the ads that are being run by your competitors um, and you'll start to get a feel for the complexity. And, um, and of course, once you visit sites, you'll be retargeted in the market and you can see what people are doing. Um, I think probably they're, they're the main two things that kind of jump to mind. Yeah, I think I'd add to that, agree with both of those. I think LinkedIn's good. I think looking at your competition and looking at um, what sort of roles they have inside the business. You know, are you looking at a marketing team of 10, 15 staff and you're kind of at five, looking, trying to punch in um, company name and case study or marketing agency or SEO agency and looking if you can find um, examples of, so you can kind of bit of a handle on what sort of agencies are they using or... What sort of work are they doing? Um, I think the the data and sources that I found useful preparing for this. There's um, Gartner's done a lot of work in interviewing CMOs and marketers and looking at what percentage of marketing, what, what marketing budget is a percentage of total revenue. And um, I think pointing, just trying to strip anything um, internal away from it and just saying objectively to your board or to um, the person responsible for budgets just so you know that you know we're a b2b and we're a product company and we're in tech this is what the competition is typically spending and this is kind of the items they're spending it on and i think there's some really good gartner research that was the one that um i referred to earlier where we kind of saw spend that the one that i'm looking at now is spenders typically jump 10 11 12 11 11 10 11 and then drop back in um 2021 just after COVID. that was kind of interesting and um and depending, they've got a lot of good in industry stuff as well that kind of breaks it into consumer, financial, healthcare, retail, travel and hospital, media, manufacturing. So if you kind of want to just pull out broad buckets, the Gartner research is quite good. Um, I think in terms of your article that you put together that's on the Rocket website, um, the sources there, that was um, Deloitte, wasn't it? The CMO survey? Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's right. Hey, back to that, that point you mentioned before about what do you do as an in-house marketer and you feel you haven't got sufficient marketing budget to achieve um, the KPIs you've been set. The, the, the number one thing you should do um, is be ready to speak up. There's no point at all in waiting a year and missing the targets and then telling people you weren't given enough money. And I think often um, it can be easy in any role to feel like you're a bit of an order taker um, and you've really got to step out of that mindset and step into a business mindset where um, you may not win the discussion, but quality people will appreciate the fact you've raised it. If you go to your boss um, and they may in turn go to their boss with a, a really well-considered argument that, that shows the sort of research that you've suggested, and I think that LinkedIn suggestion is fantastic. If if you're a team of, of five people doing marketing with some really skinny budget to agencies and you've checked in LinkedIn and you know your competitors but a team of 20 people in-house and you found them as award-winning case studies on a whole bunch of agencies' websites, um, the people that make the decisions in your company should be aware um, that they're not going to win the battle. 
and they should be aware of that as soon as possible. So they, they, they might make the decision to leave the spend where it is, but at least you've told them the impact you think that's going to have. That's it. You're just creating a rod for your own back if you kind of, you're an order taker and you're given a budget of X and your gut says, I can't actually achieve what I need to with this budget. Yep. It's kind of your fault, really. Like, I think it's yep. if you go to um, the powers that be and explain that based on market research, based on objective data, it's an underinvestment in marketing to achieve the goals that need to be hit. It's then yep. on that stakeholder to say, well, that's fine, but you know, let's see how we go. Um, but if you take the budget and put your plan together and don't hit it, well, Kind of you bought into that yourself yeah that's it one of the one of the rocket values is do what's right and there's an obvious part of that which is do the right thing like clients be ethical um it's obviously really important but it all almost sort of goes without saying but but i think the part of that value that resonates with me is the second part of it which is say what's right so once you've figured out what the right and the wrong thing is um you have a responsibility to your colleagues and to your clients and to people around you that you'll have um, you'll have the courage to actually speak up and let people know. And it doesn't mean you're always going to get your way, um, but you at least have to have to make sure that nothing's left unsaid. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. So I think that's um it's kind of a nice way to wrap it out. In terms of um always finish the pod with a um with a question around what bit of advice would you give to a marketer um you know wanting to succeed and grow in their career? I think maybe yeah. as it pertains to this topic, I think you answered that question last time. But what what is that one piece of advice you'd give to a marketer that wants to get a um, that, that is a big concern that they're not, that the, um, the amount of money they've been given in their marketing budget just isn't enough to compete in their segment. Yeah, my advice would be on, on preparing for the discussion. So it's a given you've got to have a discussion, but, but my advice would be preparing for that discussion. So um, doing the research um, and getting people on site and knowing, and knowing where you're coming from, knowing that it's not some massive empire building push, but you genuinely care about the future of the company and if it's underfunded in marketing, um, there's a direct connection from that to being unable to hit the goal. So yeah, doing your research, doing your preparation and then speaking up. I think that's really good. And it's funny, um, I ask the question of every guest on the pod the first time they come on and at least half of the responses have been speak the same language, talk the same metrics as the business, not marketing. Yeah. And I think it's just that you have, as a, as a marketer, if you want to succeed, you've got to connect marketing into the business and it's got to be, revenue right how are we driving revenue and it's a very mature conversation to have um, with the powers that be if you do it's your responsibility to speak up um, and don't do it based on a whim or based on what you think but base it on actual macro data yeah couldn't agree more fantastic awesome well dave thanks for coming on to the pod we'll get you back again um as long as we get enough listens on this pod (laughs) (laughs) Um, to add everyone. Excellent content. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thanks for your time, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer podcast. You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, jamesl at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.